0: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision
1: On a Tuesday we like to check in with Alex Cook our Ask Alex segments. our talkback line open 1800 316 316 Alex Cook, a special welcome back to 2020
0: Hey Neil, great to be with you again
1: Hey, Alex, last week we started discussing the potential end-of-year strategies coming up to tax time. Well, this week, let's continue to look at some other options and things, and I know you've got a few thoughts around giving because people are thinking about giving this time of year. How generous, Alex, is the church? Uh, Are people who are Christians (laughs) and, uh, you know, how... I mean, we like to think uh, we're being a generous people. How generous are Christians these days?
0: I'd love to say that we're very generous, but in reality, it's more a person-by-person thing. Um, When we look at some of the stats, um, unfortunately, because giving to churches in Australia isn't tax-deductible, we don't have a lot of good official data. However, um, as part of our sort of ministry, we did quite a bit of consulting over the past sort of five, six years to churches, and one of the things we analyzed was their giving data. And so, giving to churches, so I'm talking about churches specifically here, sits at around two to three percent of income. Okay, um, but then if you break it down, that's where it gets a lot more disproportionate. So, um, there's usually a handful that give very generously. Um, you know, who are absolutely passionate and, you know, give, they, they tithe, that kind of thing. But about 30% or more give nothing at all. Uh, and then there's sort of a big range of people who are giving that sort of 2 to 3% mark on average. Um, but when it comes to external causes, many people obviously giving to those things as well, you know, the various ministries like you know, Vision and and Charity, and, you know, people like Compassion, all those kind of things, obviously getting lots of money as well. So I don't think we're... Anywhere near where we could be, particularly when you consider the early church and you look at how much they gave, um, I do think we could be doing a lot better. So, so I, I'm I'm excited because that's what our ministry is all about. You know, uh, <laughs> help, 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 helping people to do exactly that over time <laughs> as they become healthier.
1: Interesting, isn't it? Uh, because this is one of those moments where you might say pause and reflect for a moment because. Mm. I know there are a lot of people who will be listening to this conversation now uh, giving generously in their local church, uh, giving generously Absolutely. when there's an appeal, a uh, Visions appeal just recently, and uh, you know it's almost mm. over the line hitting that goal, uh, not far away at all. But there's a certain sense in which you might get the impression, Alex, uh, that if you are uh, endeavouring to be a generous giver because you recognise that is a biblical foundation, something that God calls... Uh, believers to do and to be is generous that uh, as you look over your shoulder at the people sitting near you in church they may not be giving at all uh, that might mm. be a little disturbing for some
0: oh look absolutely and it is it's very real and look at the altar issue here is this is a heart issue you know at the end of the day um god whilst he wants us to give and give generously, it, it's really a, a it, it's it's how you um, you see the world. It's how you prioritize what's important and whether or not you prioritize the kingdom of God. And so to me, I think what we have in our churches and indeed uh, just in the Christendom in general in the West is a problem with not focusing enough on eternity. You know, we've been very prosperous really since World War II. And so we're so used to that. We tend to think we're generous because, you know, that's how most people think. No one thinks goes around thinking, hey, I'm stingy. Um, um, but the reality is we need to focus more on eternity and having that priority in our life that, hey, my life here is very, very brief. We don't know how brief. Um, and, and I want to make as big a difference for the kingdom as possible. And that's how we really need to start thinking um, about our, our, our finances. Um,
1: Alex, some might be thinking, well, if I was just a little richer, uh, don't you know, Alex Cook, that there's uh, <laughs> you know that there's some issues around cost of living right now, but if I was a little richer, I'd be a little more generous. Is there any sort of research and statistics you have around uh, people who are wealthy and uh, whether they give uh, you know significantly more because they've got a little more to give?
0: Uh, they tend to give more in a nominal sense. So, in, in absolute dollars, obviously the rich tend to, to give more. Um, the vast majority, though, um, tend to give proportionately less. Um, certainly, in churches, the rich tend like if you, for example, if you took uh, two churches in Sydney, one in a wealthy part of Sydney and one in a a poorer part of Sydney, you'll find that their giving is very, very similar. Just because the... um, And, in fact, I think the Anglican Church did a survey on this about... um, Oh, it must have been about 10 years ago. And I think they worked it out. It was something like $20 a week or $50 a week, whatever the figure was. But the point was it it was no different from a a poor area to a rich area. Um, In saying that, my experience with... Um, wealthy people who are true believers, as in those that are absolutely passionate about Christ, they often give a lot to external causes. So, you know, whether it's a, you know, a vision radio or whether it's, um, various other uh, benevolent ministries, they tend to give more to those than to their local church. That's, that's what we've, uh, sort of experienced. And that's what tends to pull out through the figures, um, but yeah, look, I think ultimately, as I say, this is a challenge for all of us. And there's a sense, I think, in it, as we live our lives, there's a tension between uh, what we use for ourselves and what we use for God's kingdom. And that's a tension I think we always live with. Um, but as we get, you know, as we grow in God, we want to Push the needle more towards being generous and having that eternal focus, and a less away from the the self focus that comes so naturally to all of us. as part of our our sinful nature. Uh, there's a little tap on the shoulder
1: about generosity, I guess, in a conversation when you start talking about giving and tax time coming up. Uh, we'll pick up uh, some uh, some threads of where we've been talking here, but we're inviting listeners. Uh, it is an Ask Alex segment, and so uh, questions around finance. Uh, you're welcome. Let's take a call from Simon, who is in New South Wales. Hi, Simon. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Um, a question for Alex. Alex, um, and it's about superannuation and the fees that are charged. Is there a mm-hmm. set of fees that are
0: mandated or whatever or or is every super fund have its own set of fees?
2: Good question. Yeah, great
0: question. Yeah, very good question. Um, so look there there's no uh, rule on what the fees have to be. But just to keep it simple for you, there are three main categories of super funds. There's what we call the industry funds and you see a lot of them advertise on TV. Most of them charge around a dollar fifty per week plus um, usually a very small admin fee percentage, like about 0.1 of a percent. So that's the typical for the sort of industry funds, as in they're fairly similar. Then you get to the retail funds. So they're the ones promoted by big institutions like the, the banks and fund managers, et cetera. That they, their fees tend to be more varied, um, and they also tend to be tiered fees. So, for example, for the first 200000 someone has in their super fund, that'll attract a higher fee. And as their balance goes up, the fee gets proportionately lower. So that's typically how retail funds work. So there are some differences, but that's how most of them work. And then you get to self-managed super funds where the predominant fee is actually an accounting cost. Because when you have a self-managed super fund, you need to have it audited every year. Um, you need to have um, uh, the accounts done. And, and that generally, just for for listeners, that starts at usually, I mean, there are cheap ways of doing it, but they're mostly around the sort of $2,000 $2, mark. So... Fees do vary, and as I say, there's no sort of mandated amount, um, but the cheapest ones are the industry funds, um, and then it gets more expensive from there.
1: Simon, is that helpful?
0: That is very helpful. Thank you
2: so much. Uh,
1: While we've got you there, Simon, uh, when you're talking fees, uh, Alex Cook, if you discovered that your fund was charging you exorbitant fees, and as you say, industry funds often tend to charge lower fees, is this an issue at tax time? Do you think you should review your superannuation? Is this a time to change? Is that more hassle than it's worth? Uh, what are your thoughts here, Alex?
0: Uh, look, I, I don't think it's a hassle. I mean, it can seem a bit daunting when people look at super and there's terms on their statement that they're not familiar with and so forth. Um, but certainly seeking advice here can break that down. Super's not as complex as people kind of think it is, um, but... I think as a good steward of what God has given us, we do need to, you know, take account of where our money is, what what it's being charged, where is it being invested, etc. So to me, there's a sense of Christian responsibility to take ownership over our super funds. Uh, You know, people tend to, particularly when they're younger, they look at super and go, oh, it's so far away, you know, retirement's 45 years away or something like that, and they tend to ignore it. But I think just as a, as a Christian, you want to say, right, I want to be a good steward of this money that God's given me. How can I steward it well in a way that's ethical, in a, in a way where I'm managing the costs and so forth? And so now, June, why not, why not? I mean, many people are making extra contributions into super, which is what we talked about last week. Um, so a great chance to review super fund, review the performance, review the fees and, uh, and then take it from there. Simon in
1: New South Wales, thank you so much for a great contribution, a great question. And 1-800-316-316 if you have a question for Alex Cook. Alex, let's come back to giving for a moment. Uh, This time of year, Christians might be thinking of giving. Uh, You mentioned uh, perhaps sometimes there's some advantage in getting a tax deduction. But is there a good model that we might be able to look at from Scripture that might just give us a, a grounding, a foundation for uh, how we might think about giving as Christian believers. Mm.
0: Well look one of my favorite passages and I whenever I um get to have the joy of preaching, which obviously COVID shut down, <laughs> yeah. but when I when I got to do that, one of the ones I love to quote is from Acts chapter two. And it's verses 44 to 47. I'll read it out because it's a really great passage. But just to give the sort of background here, it's it's a model of the early church. It's what the early believers uh, were like and how they managed their money. Uh, so I'll read it out very quickly. It says, All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So look, there's a couple of really good things that come out of this. One is that they shared. You know, as as believers, we um, God blesses us all with different amounts. Some of us have a little, some have a lot, and we're called to share what we have with others, and that's a really important thing. The second thing here is it said they sold property and possessions. Now, notice often when we hear in church, we hear about concepts like tithing, and we hear about giving out of a percentage of our income, and that's all good because you should give within your means, so that's really important. Um, however. I would like to challenge listeners to go beyond that think, well, what kind of property and possessions, things that you have, maybe things you don't need or things you're willing to sacrifice that you're willing to give and, and to give up? And of course, that to me is, is a, a real challenge for, for us. Um, but it says here, they gave to anyone who had need. So there was a purpose behind it. You know, when we give money, we want to give to support causes, we want to give those who, who are less fortunate than ourselves, and we want to give to make a difference. Um, but just the last really bit, just to encourage listeners here, I just love that very last verse in. Um, Uh, which is verse 47, where it says, the Lord added to their number daily those who have been saved. Now, so my sort of Alex Cook interpretation of that is that when Christians live generously, it sends a very powerful message to the world that we believe what we say and that we are willing to make a difference and step into the gap for people. And I believe that if you want to see revival, one of the conditions, I think, will be a church that's sold out for Jesus and that is willing to give and have that eternal focus. I personally don't think we'll see a revival until that happens. Um, that's just you know Alex Cook's opinion. <laughs> but the point here is when we do um, give generously, I believe that's when we'll start seeing large numbers of people coming to Christ every day. When we have our hearts sold out for Jesus and are willing to surrender, our, and I use that word deliberately, to surrender ourselves and our finances to God, that's when we'll see some powerful things.
1: Well, I think that's a wise insight, Alex Cook, and something if you're thinking, well, tax time, review of finances, uh, how you think about giving, this may be a time for a review of that. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Wayne in Mackay in Queensland. Hi, Wayne. Welcome. Hey, how are you, mate? Good, hey,
2: Wayne. Um, um, we're blessed, my wife and myself. We go to a church that are really sold out and... Uh, love-given, and, and uh, we've picked up them principles as, as young Christians. We, um, the question I want to ask is, um, we had properties, and uh, we, we got into these properties before we became Christians, and then we, we believe it got put on our hearts that, you know, you don't need all these properties. We were thinking like the world was. So we got rid of them, and there was a lady there that, that, uh, and a husband. They, couldn't, they were $30,000 short of buying one of these houses that we had. And we end up, um, we believe God put it on our hearts and there was about $30,000 less for that. So, and in return, um, we owed a lot of money and we end up buying a house where we live here in Mackay. And today we, we're debt free with that house. And I don't believe that would have happened unless we would have been generous to the people that couldn't afford to buy the house and are and being obedient to God. But we love diving, we love giving, we know you can't outgive God. Um, but what we've done to pay that house off, and once again it's came from God, with our super, we, um, because I was at that age where I could draw out with the era that I was born, 55, I... Uh, I drew the money out so that I could knock 26 years off my my loan, which means we paid that house off in four years. Now, to us, we believe we done, and God bless us in that way with our super, because we we were taught to be good stewards with our money, and that was part of it. Um, we believe we've done the right thing, but what
0: would you say about that, Alex? Your thoughts That's for one. Right. Yeah, look, it's great. And look, I've had the pleasure of hearing lots of great stories like this over the years. And what I love is the firstly, the faithfulness, because to me, that's the key here is that God wants us to be faithful with what he's given us. And that's what it sounds to me like what you've done, because you've been extremely generous to that person, helping them into a house when they couldn't afford to get in. And then it's come back to you in the sense God's blessed you in the sense, and really you see this throughout scripture, and it's really the concept of sowing and reaping. And the Bible is very clear, if you sow generously, you'll you'll reap generously. And there's lots of passages around that. Now, some people get nervous because they think that's the whole prosperity thing, which it's not. It's more just about the fact that God loves his people, and he will bless and look after those who are obedient and those who are, who are generous with what they're given uh, you know it's very clear that generosity is rewarded and uh, he wants us to do that it's a, you know he incentivizes us accordingly um, so look i love that story great faithfulness um, and uh, fulfilling the biblical concept of, of being obedient and faithful with what god has given us and helping those in need so it's a It's a great story, and as I say, I've heard many great ones similar to that all over the years. It's great. So thanks for sharing that, one, Wayne, thank you
1: so much for your call. And uh, just before we move on from talking property here for a moment, Alex, and coming back to that Acts chapter 2 scripture and selling property and helping to meet the needs of those who were in need, uh, when we're reading about those early church believers selling property, it doesn't mean they sold all their property. Uh, There's a certain sense in which you could read that, and some people think, oh, they just sold everything and then they became poor. I'm not sure whether that's the right interpretation. What are your thoughts here about the generosity that you might have on a large scale like that? It doesn't mean that you just give it all away to become poor, does it?
0: That's a great, glad, glad you've raised it, Neil. Because you're absolutely right. Um, it's not about you becoming poor and trade, you know, trading places with them, so to speak. Um, it's just about being faithful with what you have, being good steward. And you know, in two Corinthians, it says, you know, God will. Um, uh, bless us with with an abundance because god is a god of abundance and that way he'll meet all of our needs and so that there'll be money left over. i'm paraphrasing this poorly by the way but there'll but the money left over so that we can achieve good works with it and that's that's the point so you're not meant to give it all away so that you yourself become poor and therefore in need but rather out of how god blesses us and that's of course proportionate you know everyone has different amounts um we then to respond um, with proportionate generosity and and doing exactly the same. And so, uh, yeah, but it's certainly not about um, giving every cent away and becoming poor. <laughs> well, what a
1: wonderful conversation today, Alex Cook, an open-hearted discussion about generosity and coming back to a biblical model and uh, the reality of the challenge that's there, while there are some who are being very, very generous and responding to you know, a biblical way of talking about and being generous, Uh, there are a lot of people who've not necessarily taken that sort of step of faith, and I guess it is a step of faith to be generous, Mm. but there's a challenge there to... Take a step of faith and uh, test God in your generosity. And, of Mm. course, there's always those sorts of things we won't have any time to get into today. But uh, around uh, prosperity, uh, there are all sorts of challenging uh, teachings around prosperity, and some parts Mm, of a prosperity teaching are, in fact, uh, altogether evil. Uh, but there is Mm -hmm. certainly uh, this sort of foundation that's come that the church has grown to be what it is because people have prospered, and we'd say prospered under God. Alex Cook, uh, let me point people to how they can connect with you. Your website, wealthwithpurpose.com, and I often will say there is lots of free resources there, e-books, the My Toolkit video content podcast content on wealthwithpurpose.com you can follow alex on fa- facebook and twitter you can connect directly with alex there is an ask alex at wealthwithpurpose.com email that you can send a message alex wonderful getting your insights once again i want to thank you so much for being with us once again on 2020
0: my pleasure Neil. great to be with you as always